All right, inappropriate Earl is back. You know, we we took a uh, few weeks off, just sweeps week. Uh, had to do some comedy gigs out of town. Thank you, Comedy Central and Clusterfest. And uh, we're back, back for more, as Stephen Piercy from Rat would say. I always got to slip in a Rat reference. And uh, today might be the strangest podcast I've ever. <laughs> I don't even really know how to do the intro for this because uh, I it's a subject that I'm unfamiliar with, puppeteering, uh, but we're going to get the g- genius behind it, Mr. Bill Watson, Plan P from Outer Space in the house. Woo! Bill, what the hell have I gotten myself into? Well, we've got a couple of puppeteers with us from the show. Um Plan P Live, and uh, Plan P Live's first show is going to be Plan P from Outer Space, which is a 60th anniversary screening of Plan 9 from Outer Space. Which is what? Which is an Ed Wood movie. It's a cult classic from 1959. has Ed Wood and Bela Lugosi, and uh, Criswell. The amazing Criswell was the Hollywood psychic at the time. Uh, is in the film as well and tore a professional wrestler and we've kind of got some puppets of them to accompany our screening and that's what plan p live is all about it's about uh, getting these puppets out there to riff and sing along and tell you the backstory of the film so it's a bit of a fan service for a lot of cult classic people and if you aren't familiar with it they give you enough backstory to kind of get you into uh, that genre and what's like i've done cartoon work uh and that's its own kind of bubble in the animation world what is uh puppeteer how is that different than say like a a cartoon well puppeteering is a little bit different because uh on a theater stage there's two ways to go you can kind of hide everybody behind scenery or under the stage um we like take the approach of uh Avenue Q, where we kind of have the puppeteers um, puppeteering, and you're they're out with the puppets, and uh, they can be viewed as well. But your concentration and focus always kind of like leans towards the puppets, and you kind of forget the puppeteers there. But we do have a couple of really wonderful puppeteers working with us uh, that decided to come by. We've got um, Thomas Vargas, who Varga, Varga, <laughs> easy, <Sorry. laughs> ah, Varga, Vargas. Try having the. He's uh, doing Bella Lugosi here, and we've got uh, Elena. Elena Dazon. Yeah, right. And she's uh, doing our lovely Vampira. This is Vampira. Yeah. Yep. And uh, I'm going to let them uh, play a little bit about the screening. Maybe uh, Vampira and Bella Lugosi can uh, give you some back info about what's going on. Uh, Did you want to hear from Vampira, or did you want to hear from me? Well, I... I I feel like I'm in a position where it's like when a therapist gives you a puppet and then so whatever you're saying is actually what you're thinking, but it's really coming from the puppet. So no one's going to take you seriously. Right. Yeah. Um, but I guess from my standpoint, although Ben Poirot wants to talk something. All right. <laughs> First of all, thank you all for having us today. Thank you. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, I am sorry. Sorry. <clears throat> Thank you, Arl Fog. <laughs> She's not very good at this. This is why we keep her in the in the corpse. Well, that's why you had no lines in the original. She had no lines. No lines. She let, had no loins. Let me just say this to the people watching: you're not on drugs. This is actually happening. Or am I? Or maybe you guys are. <laughs> I mean, who who would who would you know be for doing this right now without any drugs? I personally don't do any drugs or alcohol, so sorry to be a buzzkill, but I'm just naturally insane. That helps. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm. I, I I mean, got into it. So I was working with uh, Tom over here. Um, on a sci-fi called Reclamation. You should check that out too. Um, he told me about this, and then I literally told casting um in my submission notes that i'm sitting next to tom that's all i wrote <laughs> and, and uh roshanae just yeah she just gave me the 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 breakdowns and the the self tapes and all that <laughs> information um but uh what do you uh what's what what uh 
Philadelphia up here. Well, I... I, I think you should you should answer first. <laughs> but the reason, uh, the way that I I actually got into this, uh, the the reason I was interested in it was because um, I've been kind of a fan of Dracula for my entire life. I think that um, I'm I don't know if I mentioned this in the break in the submission or not, but um, I actually even have old crayon drawings that I found when I went home at some point that are that are from before I even remember drawing them of Dracula. <laughs> um, they were. They were like elementary school drawings where you had they had to draw you had to draw something for Christmas or for Thanksgiving, and they were all Dracula themed, like a, you know the the Thanksgiving turkey hand. It was black <laughs> with the red cape in between the fingers. Um, so uh, seeing something where I get to play some kind of a Dracula with a puppet was was something that I was interested in. So nice. So he stuck his uh, his hand up my ass, and that's that's how we uh, that's how we got here. <laughs> It's not the first time that line's been used on this block. But I, I'm, yeah, I must say you do do an excellent Dracula voice. Like he was the first one, right? That Bella Lugosi. Yeah, he was, yeah. Well, Thomas was the first well, one. Thomas was our first person at casting. He was kind of waiting outside while we set up, and he came in and kind of nailed it. So yeah, yeah kind of done. he didn't even sing sense. though. He was the only one that didn't uh, sing. Sorry to put you on the spot, but I remember I mean, that I that somebody chased me down the hall and I didn't. Even <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I think that was Tom. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Well, what's the most important uh, attribute a puppeteer can have? I mean, is it your acting skills? Is it the actual puppeteering? I mean, I think it's lip sync and personality. I mean, as long as the mouth's moving when the voice is coming out, and you kind of can kind of channel your acting skills into kind of the puppet. I think you're you're pretty good to go. You you can kind of tell when it's working because when they're talking, not their lines, but just about other things. Like I have to use the bathroom. The puppet's still talking. Like they it, they become one, and they just keep moving the mouth as they keep talking. It's like, oh, can I get a coffee here? You know, and the, the and you the, forget to turn the voice off as well. You keep the uh, the mouth moving, and you don't turn the voice off, and that's uh, you know that's how it goes. And a strong forearm. You need a strong forearm to do this. I'm not going to lie that it is very nice to have somewhere to put your elbow when you're, uh, you know, <laughs> having to do this for a long time. That's a lot of Hollywood, I feel. Ooh, tell me about it. <laughs> That's how the Me Too movement started. Uh... Way before my time. <laughs> <laughs> now, what was the first table read like? When Did you guys know each other before or... So is there a little bit of awkwardness of like, uh, you know, this is awkward enough if it was just <laughs> me uh, doing it well, to I build? I felt a little bit comfortable because um, I was in the casting session. So I felt like I got, I don't know if anyone remembered me, but I just remembered, I knew who you were and I knew who, well, I didn't know Jared, but I, but he was very, uh, who, who plays our Criswald. Um, but, uh, but I, I felt like, Everyone seemed to be approachable, and as far as the table, we just watched the movie, came up with some, some like riffs and 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 just some random bullcrap to, to just to just to re, um, uh, I guess just to watch the movie again, and it was just yeah. It, basically, it, what they're doing is it's a live screening. We have them in in character as the puppets, and they're kind of telling you the backstory and some of the fan. Um, service that has kind of developed over the years. There's a lot of like artwork out there of Vampire and Bella Lugosi. You know, if you're a goth, um, they're making out, they're married. It's uh, just things that have evolved over time. Um, the story is that the this is 60 years, the 60th anniversary, yeah, 60th anniversary. and the amazing Criswell has uh, uh, set a timer on a resurrection ray to wake everyone up 60 years later after the movie has been, you know, immortalized in history and then he wakes up his friends and they are going to celebrate the movie again uh they they think it's been a huge hit because there's a lot of people there uh but uh it's they don't realize they're really kind of making fun of themselves and who designs the puppets bill yeah i designed the puppets i work with a couple of different illustrators um the guy that's uh designed our artwork for this first one is um He's at uh, Instagram at non heinous, and 
You better spell that for my fan base. Yeah, it's N O N H E I N O U S. Because they just probably heard non anus. Yeah, non anus. It's non anus. You did not sound very confident in eating those. I don't know what that guy does, but he probably just picked up a few followers. But yeah, exactly. And it's also uh, through song. There is a, a big musical number that we start with, uh, which is uh, how we introduce the entire idea. Then we watch the movie and comment. Yes. Yes. And what kind of singing background do you guys have? Like, <laughs> not much. Oh. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Yeah, I, I, it's like a news conference. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, let's just say I'm very out of practice. Right. But uh, nobody expects expects Vampira to have a great voice. She doesn't even speak in the movie, so (laughs) nobody's going to know what she's supposed to sound like. Yeah. And then in this, I just kind of like invented something, even though, uh, you know, uh, Tim Burton does a good job explaining, you know, who she was and it kind of gave her a character. Um, I thought that for me, having her own voice, it's going to be unique. Um, surprise to the fans that are very familiar with the backstory, very familiar with um, Vampire as a person. Um, I just thought I'd give her something unique. So she has a unique voice and a unique song and a unique tone um, coming from me. But <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. Uh, basically they'll be they'll be getting together, singing, riffing, and then um, coming on the film. Uh, there will be some other surprise cast members who come back from the dead to uh, to have uh, something to say about uh, the production. And we'll have uh, Edward himself as a puppet, who is uh, the original director of the film. He also was in a biopic that was done by uh, Johnny Depp and played by Johnny Depp. And uh, there's a, it's a star-studded cast. Was Martin Landau in that? Martin Landau actually won an Oscar for that. Okay. Um, I guess he was in it then. Yeah. For playing Bella Lugosi. Playing Bella Lugosi as a heroin addict. Um, and I believe uh, Sarah Jessica Parker mm-hmm. plays uh, the wife of Johnny Depp, who is playing Ed Wood. And there is a couple of other folks. Bill Murray is playing the amazing Criswold. Um, what a lot of people don't know about Criswold is he was a famous Hollywood psychic. Um, so he would give predictions about the stars and he's been on Johnny Carson and uh, his character came from him doing ads for his family uh, furniture and mattress company as the amazing Criswell. So he kind of fell into that and the um, commercials led him to being the amazing Criswold, which, you know, he ended up, uh, being that character in a couple of different Edward movies and then later on was on Johnny Carson and kind of kept it up for the remainder of his time. And that's a big deal to get on Johnny Carson. Like, yeah, it was a, a really big deal. I think uh, a lot of Johnny Carson's like predictions where he wears the Swami hat came from Criswell. Yeah. The amazing Kreskin. Yeah. The amazing Kreskin. So amazing Criswell. And uh, the reason that we picked uh, that I picked planet, Plan 9 from Outer Space is it's kind of a not only is it the 16th anniversary, but it's a really great film of Ed Wood, who was kind of like a Hollywood underdog who really wanted to go out and be a filmmaker. Uh, He wasn't getting a lot of traction, so he was making these B movies. He made the movie Glen or Glenda about uh, transvestites in uh, the 1950s. Uh, He kind of featured himself uh, as one of the characters and I think is in the film as well. Uh, he was, he had said in a few different interviews that he would wear ladies lingerie while he was at war and he wasn't afraid of getting shot. He was more afraid of people finding out. So. Cause back then, uh, in that era, if you wore ladies lingerie, I mean, now it's like, oh, yeah. you wear ladies lingerie. Yeah, Who doesn't? Right? <laughs> yeah, Is it Victoria's right secret or? <laughs> But I mean, you know, it's just a different, uh, it's a lot more, I guess, uh, liberal society today. Uh, you know, I mean, when I was growing up as a kid, like, you know, Paul Lynn, it's like, who knew he was gay then? Yeah. What's interesting about this film as well is the guy who plays the alien ruler was a really famous gay activist um, named Bunny, uh, Bunny Richards. Gosh, I'm forgetting his name right now. 
but anyway, Bunny uh, was a drag performer in Paris in the 1920s. He was also the heir to Wells Fargo um, and during the 50s and 60s and 70s, kind of opened his house in San Francisco to uh, gay young men who were on the streets, so they had a place to live. Um, but he also stars in Edward as the alien ruler. Um, so that's an interesting piece of information about this film and kind of the misfit crew that it is. Um, I believe that uh, the amazing Criswell's wife was known as a B-movie actress. Uh, she also wrote a bunch of parody songs that are really popular. Uh, she was a burlesque dancer in the 50s. Um, Vampira, of course, whose whole persona was based on the fact that she wanted to bring the Adams Family uh, New Yorker cartoon, which is how it started out, to uh, ABC. And uh, they ended up just giving her a nighttime kind of movie host position like Elvira. Um, and she kind of started that whole genre of the vamped out uh, sultry Morticia, but just as her own persona that she created, Vampire. So uh, she never got to be Morticia Adams, but uh, she did create this whole kind of persona that became, in some circles, known as the Queen of Goth. Um, and even today, I think there's uh, some official Vampire merchandise, and I think there's a book coming out as well. There's a movie on Netflix called Vampire and Me about um, how she was uh, trying to bring this Adam's family show to life and her life as Vampyra. Uh, I think she was even assaulted at one time for being Vampyra. Uh, there's a misfit song about Vampyra. There's, uh, she's got just kind of a crazy history. I mean, she never really made much of it after Vampyra. And, uh, but she's definitely left her mark. So would you say this whole idea is like a cult? Uh, you know, like Elvira never really got much mainstream uh, success. Is it the yeah. same kind of situation? Well, Vampira actually sued Elvira for taking her persona since she was also a television horror host. But she didn't win because they both based it on Morticia Adams. And, like, Elvira clearly has... A bit of a different take and a different look. That's why when we brought back Vampire again, we decided to give her a, a little bit of a her own personality, um, not so much the original woman who portrayed her, but uh, kind of her own modern take on what Vampire is now. No, she's. Uh, I've, I never thought I would say this about a puppet. Uh, she's uh, very attractive. Like, uh, I don't mean that. She's in like a creepy way, but like I never. You can uh, thank Kylie Cosmetics for my makeup. So. Right. I mean. All I, smoke and mirrors. I mean, I would definitely say she's had some filler in the lips, but. Uh, <laughs> yeah, she's, she's definitely. All got natural. Some filler. You never know. Well, uh, now what's the deal with the nose? That seems to be uh, uh she getting a fist fight or something? And, uh, you know, I, it just might be a lot, a lot of. I think it was it was considerably larger, you know, kind of when you like only have so much to scrape sure. and form, you know, you just kind of scrape it out flat, and pull so. But it's still it's still a petite, a petite schnoz, you know, and and her boobs are are larger than her nose. So yes, they are. Small. That's yeah. never a bad thing, it's though. Never a bad thing. She's you a, can she's thank Dr. Lee for lady. those. Yeah, great. You know, I was like, <laughs> she's been felt up a couple of times, but you know, she's. Uh, She's uh, she knows how to give a good smack with those nails, uh, which is her trademark. Some long red nails. She actually uh, kills a couple of people. That, that's how she kills people. Uh, she kills she them scratches with her looks. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, can kids see this? Like, uh... I think you know. I think your teenage uh, boys and girls who are into cult classic films, you know, and uh, want to kind of visit that genre. This kind of gives them a good introduction we we try to keep it you know pg-13 so it's not uh it's not too r there's some singing and songs and some dancing and some romancing and a little bit of weirdness but you know what the world's a weird place oh it's especially uh with the upcoming elections it's a very weird place uh now how many people in the cast overall is it four uh it's four uh and a surprise guest who shows up kind of in the middle and we can't uh i would ruin the surprise i we guess ruin the surprise 
Um, but uh, there's uh, there's an angry an angry cast member who wasn't invited who decides to literally crashes the party literally crashes the party um so that should be pretty fun we've got a band afterwards we need to plug those guys cosmic Um, jetties cosmic jetties that sounds like a band vicky hamilton would manage i think no oh speak of the devil there's vicky hamilton uh i think the cosmic jetties are a really great uh kind of like i would call them a space rock band they all wear masks so um, some alien type get ups yeah very appropriate robots so you know it kind of fits our our bill of goods um we plan on doing this monthly yeah that was my next question uh because i really want people to see this because i'm just this on my couch is fast and it makes me want to go see it uh what's so monthly and then you know uh, where would that be um right now we've uh, been offered by Carl, the ama- one of the amazing owners of Carl the Crew, Carl Crew of the California Institute of Abnormal Arts in North Hollywood, um, kind of CIA. It's kind of a crazy venue. They've got uh, three mummies in there that are actually dead people from the age. I think one was a serial killer. Uh, one was a serial killer, but I knew that two of them were ma- two were magicians and one was a clown. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's a very scary mummified clown. Yeah, there's some scary stuff in there. This show's getting more interesting by the second. Yeah, it gets a little. It gets weirder. I mean, we got the perfect venue, uh, CIA. We've got the perfect cast. Yeah. The music's amazing. Uh, Adam Pineless uh, did lyrics and uh, instrumentation for uh, three original. Well, not original. Parody numbers uh, during the during the show that are just going to be a lot of fun. Add a little bit of a, a different twist on on these characters. Um, and, and uh, J- JD Sebastian, Sebastian is our uh, pianist, our accompanist. He's a, he's doing a great job too. So it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah, we got a live piano player who's gonna uh, play us in and out of stuff. And uh, it's JD Sebastian. I guess you can look him up at uh, JDS piano uh, He's a great guy. Uh, he's here in West Hollywood. He's a local. He plays at the Methodist Church, but we kind of wrangled him into our weird circus of puppetry rock bands and cult classic films so he's pretty down for the the whole event um you can get tickets at uh, facebook um or eventbrite uh or our website you can go straight to www.planp as in puppet from outer space.com again that's www.planp from outer space dot com and pick up some tickets there there's a vip ticket you can get up close and uh, uh, which i listen uh i get no commission from saying this but to you people listening you really want to be up close for this like <laughs> it's going to be a good show from the back from the middle to the sides but i'm telling you spend the extra few dollars i'm begging you please uh now how long did it take the cast of chemistry? Like I know, you know, cause I've done uh, ensemble shows like this. It's a small ensemble, but like, you know, sometimes you don't mix with someone and it's hard. Uh, did you guys have like an instant uh, like, Oh, this is going to, it's going to work. There's a certain um, kind of fun thing about, about it being a puppet and especially puppets that have so much personality and history um, to being, you know, real people that are also, you know, there's a real person, but there's also this this history to the characters that they played. Um, that I, at least for me, I found that being able to to jump right into playing, ha- having something that that has so much character already to it, that when we jump into playing with puppets, <laughs> it's it's kind of, kind of like an easy click in, right? Because you know, it's 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 not a serious. <laughs> it cannot be a serious. Um, like, hi, how are you? Yeah, or you know, yeah, nice yeah. to meet you. Yeah. It's you like study? You're, you yeah, you've got you've got a character already <laughs> built in that's a little larger than life, and that kind of eases that kind of stuff. Yeah, because- and, it, and it helped that we were um, all kind of creating this new environment at the same time. So like the there wasn't a Plan P from outer space cast before. It's just like we're just kind of growing and and everything is just new together. And then I, I mean I feel like we just clicked and and. I mean, Bill can speak more on that, but it's just yeah. I mean, these guys are easy. They're really great. I think puppets are disarming. So yes. with actors, 
they've got they've got something to act instead of it being all on themselves um these guys do great voices uh we have two of our actors who aren't here right now um we've got uh the amazing Criswell, which is uh jared uh, muscarella and uh he's also one of our illustrators you can find him at um sad sidekick on instagram and uh see some of his artwork that should have been my instagram handle <laughs> well, that's there, man. yeah we have uh jacob to playing edward jr he does a wonderful job and these guys kind of click it's really funny because um i was a little worried about how they would riff and kind of get together and and go through because we're so we have such a limited time for rehearsal so because they're learning to puppeteer they're learning to dance with a the puppet they're learning choreography and and how to keep the mouth moving and keep all these things going at the same time but uh you know seeing them watching them sit quietly and talk in their puppet voices to each other and kind of riff privately they just clicked so i i think the puppets have a lot to do with it i think the fact that we you know had a great casting agent and roshni love lamino and <laughs> i always mess up her name uh roshni lamino and she uh brought us some really incredible actors who are wonderful people and you know it shows when you have some great actors who are easy to work with and very talented um they just kind of click together and, and they know what the job is they just kind of get in there and it's minimal direction uh, minimal time uh, we've had four rehearsals and uh I th we're good to go i mean it's gonna be crazy and when is the first show uh, our first show is this friday oh in shit. north hollywood it's at 8 p.m at uh, CIA, the California Institute of Abnormal Arts. Uh, we are putting together a residency there where once a month we'll be putting in a new film with uh, puppets that are commenting. Uh, our next one up is the Roger Corman classic, Attack of the Giant Leeches. Um, <laughs> Sounds like the comedy world. Right? Uh, it'll be... It's going to be two giant leeches and their manager, so three leeches. Because well, I thought Roger Corman wasn't he more known for the uh, the busty uh, like uh, B movie? Uh, yeah, busty hillbillies and race I, cars. And I'd like to be a consultant for that uh, if that's ever in the. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. You you want to be in a giant leech costume? We'll throw you in one. You can be the. You can be up next. I might sweat my ass off in that thing. Uh, He's really tall. It'd be a giant, giant leech. That's okay. We we've got a giant costume for you. Now, is it hard, Thomas? Because uh, Dracula is such an iconic character, and, and Bella Lugosi, uh, he, he, he's like the only... I mean, I know Frank Langella, uh, which I loved his Dracula, but uh, I mean, there's like Bella Lugosi and then everybody else. Uh, was it hard to make this your own? Uh, well, I, I mean, in, in a, a bit. There's also there's there's this inescapable influence of because it's also a puppet vampire of, you know, the count is also in there percolating from, you know, the Sesame Street guy um, with a little bit less uh, always being as family friendly, maybe. Um, but I don't know. I think it's 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 partially because I've I've had such a uh, I've been such a fan of of Bela Lugosi and of, of his Dracula and Dracula in general for so long. It feels it feels like an almost a personal thing. It sure. doesn't feel like this thing that I'm having to go reach for. Um, and then having, I think in terms of finding my own thing with it, that goes to the puppet. Like the puppet has a certain different kind of personality. It's a certain kind of, a certain kind of Dracula um, that I think um, just kind of lends itself to bringing out a specific and, and the, the, the nature of the show that it's this, that he's come back to life in this specifically his, this is his last movie. He wasn't even alive for, uh, any of or most of the shooting, he was in a couple scenes that they did test footage for, right. and um, and was used in, in in that. So him kind of putting him in that context of also thinking about him being an actor coming back, who was this was his last <laughs> his last thing have, after having something that brought him to such fame that this was his last um, um, project that he didn't even get to really do much in, kind of lends itself to his personality for this show too. I think. And uh, what experience did you, both of you have in, in the puppeteering uh, world? Because I know you guys have, you've been, Elaine, on uh, several USA shows, Fresh Off the Boat, which is an ABC. 
Uh, yeah, as far as puppets, nothing. I didn't do anything, but um, but I was a huge fan of um, anything Jim Henson, um, Sesame Street. My happy movie is the the, the Muppet movie. Um, I just, I, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, but no, I, I didn't do anything professionally, but I did watch how um, the Kermit, anyone that played Kermit, moved their hands, and um, I just thought that was fascinating because um, you can see every muscle in their hand through the cloth of Kermit. Right. I mean, Kermit is real. Pardon me, children that are watching this, but I just, I, I just learned from watching that, and I'm someone who just more mimics. Right. something and then can kind of um develop something from that kind of skeleton of some what someone else did um but that's really my experience of puppets and like in the audition process if you <laughs> did you say uh, did either of you say i mean did you have a lot of uh did you have any puppeteering experience a little bit um i i, I came from a, a more extensive theater background and then have more recently been transitioning into film and television um, so in theater, a lot of stuff comes up. So I've had a little bit of puppeteering in a couple different shows, um, but nothing, nothing where it was the, the main, the main part. So, because you have a master's in fine arts, like you're legit. <laughs> well, I do have. Yes, I guess <laughs> if you want to. But I mean, it's like you guys are both serious actors. Like, uh, so was there any? Uh, trepidation of uh i don't want to do a puppeteer uh i i was definitely hesitant just because i've i've steered away from the comedy world for a long period of time because i wanted to just you know i picked one lane and i wanted to just focus on that and and get some repertoire from that um so it's been a while since i did anything remotely comedy so right. this was just more of like uh um okay now i'm just tiptoeing back to see where it goes. So for me, I'm a little bit, uh, it's, 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 it's a revisiting, um, area for me to be in. And, and it's, it's, uh, it's just more of like, I, you know, I can do this. I'm a little bit hesitant because it's just like, I, I'm more drama based and more television, like that's television drama. That's where I'll be. Um, and that's where I want to be, but I'm just, I'm actually very happy to exercise those muscles again. And, and, and I hope week after week when we do rehearsals that it's just like, okay, now she's getting back into her rhythm okay, of where she great. was. Yeah. You guys all knock it out of the park. It's, yeah. it's really crazy. I know Tom made a comment one day. He's like, you're like a minimalist director. I'm like, dude, they're doing everything I want. I don't have to ask. I'm like, this is great. I mean, it's pretty much cruise control. Cause I mean, people have fun with puppets. It's a lot of like small corrections, like remember to keep moving the mouth, but that was like day one. And, um, everybody kind of gelled together. They all stay in character. Uh, they all have a lot of fun together. They, uh, they, they dance together. Well, I thought it would be a, just a pile of people and puppets on the floor the first day, <laughs> but they actually kind of gravitated good, to the right areas. Good and, space management. Yeah. And, uh, they had space management down because usually puppeteers, you don't really get to see this behind the scenes, but you know, some person's face is smashed in somebody else's armpit. <laughs> and like, you know, uh, one person's like got an elbow trying to move a hand and the other person's moving somebody's jaw with this. And it's just uh, pretty much a, a really twisted game of twister <laughs> back there. Too. It does help yeah. that you're all right-handed. I am, I am actually a left-handed puppeteer. So I come in handy because I can kind of like go to the other edge of the screen and kind of, kind of hold it up. Um, and I'm not really in anybody's way. I can kind of be out of off screen and not, and not in there. Um, but uh, uh, we, these guys are just great. Like they are in sync. It's uh, it's really kind of magical, and it has been a magical experience. I think it's because you know I finally decided to take the path of least resistance. I learned some puppeteering. I did theater for a couple of years. Um, Out here or in New York? Um, I worked. I did theater in New York in my younger years, and uh, in Denver, Colorado, where I'm from originally. And uh, most recently, I worked with uh, international theater company that did. Uh, literary theater uh they worked here and in new york and um london and uh, we would bounce around from the three putting together shows um with notable actors i think we worked with darren chris a couple of years ago and uh jk simmons and oh wow that whole thing's put together by mm -hmm. uh cedaring fox she is a mastermind of literature and theater um i think they have a show coming up 
here soon. I haven't really been keeping up with that because I've been busy keeping up with puppets. But uh, if you if you are in Los Angeles and you have a chance to catch a word theater show, it is rather impressive to see some of the actors that she gets to uh, come on and really take these short stories and poems from notable contemporary authors. And uh, she puts together and curates a really amazing show. They did the London Literature Festival uh, last year, and they did the new version of, um, there's a new translation by a woman of the Odyssey, I think it was, that they did. It was great. And uh, But I worked with them for a while, and then uh, I started puppeteering again um, with, uh, took a couple classes here, went to one of the Jim Henson shows that was kind of amazing, and decided to... Uh, take the things I love called classic movies and puppets and theater and, you know, some rock bands or weird punk bands at the end and, and public domain movies and, uh, some movies that were crazy and, uh, black and white. And here we are. Oh, it's amazing. I can't wait. I might, I'm going to come Friday if there's a ticket. Uh, yeah, coming down, man. Um, what's the hardest part directing, uh, you know, a group of actors who've not worked before. Well, we, we took our first day and kind of worked together on promos. Right. So, you know, they had very small parts and bits to put together and, uh, they, um, it kind of got them familiar with each other and, and puppeteering and they were able to work together and, and create and kind of fashion these personalities, but they had them down pretty quick. So a lot of the promos that you see in the little videos that are online were done day one, uh, top of the day. So, and a lot of that was getting a lot of the newer puppeteers familiar with puppeteering. I think we have Elena and um, Jacob here who are a little bit newer to puppeteering, but they seem to nail it and knock it out of the park. I know that uh, Jared Muscarella had done some puppeteering, built some puppets, and had some shows uh, on his own, and uh, is been more than happy to kind of pitch in help us out as far as uh helping construct some of these amazing puppets which i've had a lot of help from uh sarah hakuro sarah bastion and uh nick carmichael and uh, he's been a big help he's over at uh, uh one of the uh, shops up here in north hollywood so this show is truly a, a labor of love and you know, it's like the little show that could, like everyone pitches in and Yeah, man. I'm not I'm not looking to reinvent the wheel or get famous quick. I just want to I am. see puppets. Well, let's do it, man. I'm here. I mean, let's get the phone out. Let's yeah. call uh let's call the studio. Oh yeah, oh I I wish it was that easy. You could just call the studio. Hi, it's Earl. I'm looking for work. Uh, okay. All right, everybody. Earl's looking for work. He's looking for a I look stand up comic. Uh yeah. can do the voice of a black man on a cartoon if you're That's looking awesome, for that. Man. You know, it's it, that's been fun, but you know, I I'd never had done a voiceover uh, gig before, so I have tremendous respect for what you guys are doing because I know how hard it is. Uh, but even on the cartoon I'm on, it's it's the same type of vibe where it's like it's just Tyler the creator whose cartoon it is, and it's all his friends. I don't even think anyone had to audition. Like it's just I want my friends here. So I realized people had to audition for this. Yeah, I think we we found Jacob and uh, Thomas. Uh... Elena came to us from uh, working with, with Tom here on uh, Reclamation. And uh, uh, Jared, I had I knew because I had worked with his uh, a boyfriend who's a producer as well. And uh, we worked together on our first job in Hollywood. He was an assistant. I think, it was, I think maybe it, was, it was his third job, but he had worked for Tori Spelling before, which I worked on her show a little bit as well which show was that um i worked on tori and dean in love okay well i mean she heckled me once at the comedy store so uh i feel like i kind of know her she's, she's your friend man i, I wouldn't I say that <laughs> <laughs> she is the hardest working person in show business that i've seen i mean she literally is just work 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 work, work. so it was nice to see that work ethic and, and be around somebody who's just you know i am I on I on the game. That's how you have to be. I mean, uh... yeah, it's it was kind of incredible. I I was lucky enough to work with a lot of great people here, and uh, somehow I ended up doing you know puppet theater with screenings right now, and because it's what I want to do, you know, I've worked at studios and I've been a development executive. I've, I've uh, 
Let's get into that for a little bit. I mean, yeah. I mean, because that you can burn out in that. I have several friends who were, oh yeah, you know, I've, I've, in that field, you know, development, uh, and that's brutal because you're hearing th- hundreds of pitches and ideas. And uh, was it you just wanted to get out of that uh, area just to do something more uh, fulfilling? Yeah, I just wanted to see something go uh, that I wanted to work on myself. I, I had packaged a couple of different shows. Uh, that had made it to the eleventh hour. A couple of reality shows. One was called "Cheer Up," about about a uh, cheerleading gym that was run by an ex CIA agent who decided to run a cheerleading gym in Colorado, and she would give disadvantaged girls who were in trouble and disadvantaged boys uh, instead of going to juvie or getting in trouble with the law, they would be sentenced to cheerleading. And uh, so you had these kind of like. Uh, kids who just needed to be straightened up and put on cheerleading. And uh, great, it was a great pilot, but it uh, didn't go a whole lot of places. Uh, I've heard worse ideas yeah. get to air. It was called Cheer Up, so hey. Um, and then we had a, a little person show called The Little Nanny where... Hey, why not? Why not? You know? And then, uh, I don't know, there's all kinds of crazy things that I, I developed that kind of... And then I kind of got into this wheelhouse of being the guy to help people kind of fix their pitches and do sizzle reels and develop shows with them. And I, I kind of, after I left development and story producing behind, I, I moved into that arena and I would help people package their, their show and, or their film. And then um, when I came back to LA, I packaged one last show and then decided to move into this. And the last show was uh was another kind of odd, weird show. Where reality show? It was a reality show. It was a uh, uh, a Western doctor who was from India and an Eastern uh, kind of holistic guy who was actually American who got together to um, go out and explore um, miraculous healings by non-traditional medicine. So they would go in, they would go and check out these people who said they'd been miraculously healed, look at their case file, go through the experience of whatever modality or whatever thing they were using to cure themselves, everything from healing beds to uh, cranial sacral therapy to you name it, they would kind of get together and, and try to figure out if this thing was worth further investigation and if it had some validity to it. And uh, that one was cheesily enough called the RX files. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But you know, I've heard worse ideas get there. I mean, I, I, I mean, if it catches their eye when it hits their desk, that's what you're looking for. Well, I mean, I never uh, say any idea is too crazy. I mean, uh, yeah. I was on a show called Roast Battle where it started two comics were going to fist fight at the comedy store. Sure. And uh, the guy running the open mic, and there was no one in the room, said, well, you guys can't fight. Why don't you yeah. battle each other? And it's now on Comedy Central, Four Seasons, spinoff show in the U.K., uh, you know so i don't uh, poo-poo anyone's idea like i don't think anything yeah. i think anything can make it like uh and i know vicky doesn't have a microphone yeah vicky but, doesn't have a well she should i mean with the stories she has but uh you know uh there was a sh- reality show uh, about 10 years ago called uh, brett michaels rock of love where the yeah. singer from poison is looking for a date <laughs> i did work on a, uh, on a dating show called my antonio with antonio Silvato jr I mean, uh, good-looking guy. Yeah. I mean, I'll give him that. Yeah, we had uh, a lot of women on oh, Hawaiian just... Islands trying to, uh, you know, marry him. By the end of it, he was, you know, the most, what was it, the most attractive man in the world looking for his mate. So, I mean, as a straight man, uh, I will acknowledge his beauty. Yeah, he's a, he's a good-looking cat, man. Um, I think he's running for senator or something last i heard but i don't know what's happening with that you know if there's anything crazier than trump being president it's uh, antonio sobato and any uh, form of public office but hey hey 2019 we, joint you know we got trump uh yes we got trump uh yep. oh, okay. what, yeah we got about a couple more minutes left uh so it works sure. out perfectly i love having vicky run the ship here now i know and, and i can talk a little bit about how i met vicky yes i did a music video for one of her friends um uh the barbarella tones um and uh he turned me on to vicky because she needed help with a documentary that we've kind of been pushing along and uh the barbarella tones guy was uh robbie quine um 
very cool cat. Uh, very cool band. Barbarella Tones. Check them out. Uh, they do a lot of like kind of like surf punk kind of like, rock. It's really like dick dick. Glam rock. All right, glam rock. All right, it's glam rock. Um, well, a little bit of Dick Dale maybe thrown in there with yeah, uh, the. Um, well, I find all roads in L.A. lead to Vicky Hamilton, whether it's Puppetarian, uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Poison, or a stand-up comedy. So uh, now, uh, Elena, I must—I'm uh, curious uh, because one of my favorite TV shows as a kid was MacGyver. I'm assuming you're you were on the new one because if you were on the old one, you'd been about. Uh, I would have been dead probably. You wouldn't I mean, have been. I would have been reversed. Maybe about a year old. Uh, uh, no, I actually worked the pilot. Um, so uh, the the original pilot wasn't uh, the way it was now. The original was about um, the. Uh, it I. It seemed to be in the realm of that he was going to be his son, like the MacGyver okay. son. But then uh, they just, I guess, production revamped it. But my mine was I was supposed to be the diner waitress. Um, so they go. So him and MacGyver OG would be meeting at this diner and I would be like their waitress that they normally. Oh, from. yeah. Um, and uh, so it was a recurring role or. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. But uh, then I got the news. They're moving to Atlanta and they're r- wrapping everything up. So, <laughs> but it's but, not the show's still on the air, right? Um, yeah, I think it's on their last season. Oh, so they're it's that's it. Like they're saying, oh, yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, they're just wrapping the whole thing up. I mean, yeah. I never watched it uh, because I was so attached to the original one. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Richard Dean Anderson. Yeah, it was great. Probably the only time his name's ever been mentioned on a podcast. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have trouble watching reboots, but mm-hmm. uh, it's awesome. You were. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, what I've noticed when I was working on it was I just kept watching props. I just kept watching what they were creating. Did any of their stuff work? I don't know, but they were creating something. So, like, uh, um, you know, it, it, they did have something special, though. Like, on set, every, the, the cast seemed to get along. The crew, especially, they've worked together from other shows. Um, yeah, I, and, you know, they're on their last season, and, and uh-huh. I hope the fans really, really loved it, though. Brings a tear to my eye, yeah. even though I never watch. I hate it when shows get canceled. I I've been on a few, and it sucks because mm-hmm. you really do become family. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, I was on the Showtime show. I'm dying up here, and like mm-hmm. the, the yeah. hair, hair and makeup girls were just so amazing. And like, I actually work with. Um, I think I work because it's um, uh, on a on a feature with the hair and makeup because it's Jim Carrey, right? But, yeah, 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 yeah. So I I, I think I Cheryl, I think. She's there were so many there was like it was such a big yeah. production mm-hmm. probably similar to macgyver and mm-hmm. in, in terms of scale it was mm-hmm. like they had like eight makeup people just for the main cast and then they had like two other trailers for the extras and it was uh but mm-hmm. it, this podcast isn't about me yeah, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh what what uh are you doing anything else other than this or is this take up most of your time this was this is uh taking up most of my time i've i have been dipping more into the in, indie world i've been doing those 48 hour film competitions have you heard okay. of those yeah um train wrecks yeah. but he's laughing over here but but you know what well it is really amazing when people can put something really good tips for people that do do the 48 hour is don't do too many shots no keep your shot list simple because the winners are usually just like one person with one camera behind but um i did a drama on that that one was called um i am a joy and it was basically um our producer he was inspired by this one kid he was counseling and uh that kid had asperger's and um he just he he wanted and he had an idea for a pilot so we had so much information, so much detail that he wanted to do, but we have a day to shoot it. And I had to keep reminding him, by the way, we have a day to shoot this and an even less time to edit it. So um, love the idea, but um, we just get some sort of teaser made for it. Right. But it's, but I, I still go to those competitions just because you, you can't find oh. some talent. Like if you see someone really talented, they'll stick out like a sore thumb. Oh, yeah. sure. And you got to get their contacts and everything. So, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. it's uh, now, Bill, uh, what's speaking of shooting, 
what's the hardest about uh, shooting uh, a puppeteer uh, live? I mean, like, is it more about the angles or? Yeah. Well, well, since we're not really, you know, we, we don't really have them anchored to a set that they're hiding behind. It's a little bit easier to get, you know, just normal angles. They tend to, um, I think actors more organically when they're not, um, when they're holding the puppet tend to kind of aim it towards camera, give the eye line, give the right angles. So it's not too difficult. I mean, it, when you're in a, when you're on a lock set, you have to like bring the camera right into it. And you're working with a puppeteer who's got, uh, the puppets, uh, attached to their arm. It's uh, much simpler because, um, they're already aware of, of kind of where it's at and what's going on with it. Usually if you're under a set, there's a small monitor that you're kind of like puppeteering your, the eye line and everything too. So sure. you're seeing what the camera sees. So, Oh, okay. So just kind of trying to sync with it and sync with everybody else and do the moves. And the, like I said before, these guys were great. They they kind of picked it up so quickly. Um, it was astonishing. Um, so I'm I'm really happy with with what we've got here. Um, so plan people from outer space. Please, this Friday. This Friday. There are uh, tickets still available. Where can they are? Uh, you can go to Eventbrite or you can go to www plan p as in puppet from outer space.com and i really uh half the reason i do this podcast is to expose my friends uh to my fans and you know just come friday night how much are tickets so do we uh have an idea what the... uh, it's 42 for vip it's 25 for general seating and then um if there's a couple of straggling seats left and or you just want to see the band and the small puppet show before the band it's 10 bucks if you come at 10 uh you can come a little early if you want to see if there's uh there's a spot left but uh tickets are going fast so and does the cast uh, meet the crowd afterwards or is uh yeah, you can yeah, come out yeah, and meet absolutely. the you can meet yeah. uh the cast you can meet the puppets. We'd love to see the nutcases that come to these things. Right. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, if there are anything like podcast conventions, uh, you know, you might have to hire me for security and uh, Vicky uh, will uh, run the ship. Uh, Vicky, will you? Well, I can't ask Vicky a question because she doesn't have a mic. Uh, yeah. Just nod. Vicky, will you be there Friday? That's a no, but uh, I will be there. So I'll, uh, you'll be there in spirit. Uh, and what's, do you have any idea what you're going to do next, Bill, uh, after this? Or is this right now everything? Uh, this is everything right now. I mean, I wrote a pilot with uh, an Australian actress, Emma Hamilton, um, who had been working out of Britain for a long time. Uh, it's kind of like a female-led action-adventure film. Uh, it's uh, being shopped around down under. We're uh, hoping to shop it around around here. So, And... Uh, we're doing another Plan P live show in August uh, at CAA. It'll be Attack of the Giant Leeches, Roger Corman film. Great uh, director, gave a start to uh, Francis Ford Coppola, Ron Howard, and uh, other great act actors, directors. Um, we've also are going to be at uh, Comic-Con in That's San a big Diego one. for um, just uh, out and about. And doing some uh, doing on some the street stuff. stuff. Streets. And, We're gonna be uh, puppets on the streets. Puppets on the streets. So if you see us, stop us. Take a take a pick. Um, we're also performing at Midsummer Scream, August second, third uh, and fourth, in Long Beach, and that's a horror convention. Uh, we hope to have uh, our giant leeches there as well. And it's a performance space, so stop by our booth, and uh, you can see Vampire Bella Lugosi, Criswell, uh, Ed Wood, and our giant leeches. And um, my first puppet, uh, Tango, may make an appearance as a monster. Not Tango from the Stallone movie Tango and Cash. No. Damn it. Tango's just like a, a weird monster puppet. Because I would finance that a Tango and Cash puppet movie, but uh, all right, well I'll keep that in mind. Then we may have a screening. Uh oh, <laughs> I forgot. Uh, never mind. Uh, it's probably a good time to uh, when I'm starting to offer financing for Stallone puppet <laughs> movies. Uh, where can people find you on social media? Who wants to go first? Uh, Instagram is probably the best one. Uh, Real Elena Dizon. It's 
E-L-E-N-A-D-I-Z-O-N. Thank you for spelling it for my fans. Uh, I'm Tom Loveman uh, at, at Tom Loveman on Instagram. You better spell that for my fan base. Tom Loveman, L-O-V-E-M-A-N. Just don't, how it sounds. Don't say that too loud on Larrabee. It's going <laughs> to storm this apartment right now. <laughs> And uh, Bill, uh, where can uh, people now? Let me before you give out your information, because I, I know how my fans think. I have a lot of people who are struggling actors. No, yeah. no harm there. Str struggling comics. Do not bother Bill with your wacky pitches. He's got enough on his plate. So that script you wrote about uh, Dolph Lundgren reality show, uh, where he tries to get back into Hollywood, send it to the next guy, not to Bill. Sounds like it's a yeah. very specific fan you're I actually, targeting. I actually, and I'm me. Gonna, I'm going to tell you <laughs> one funny Hollywood story with me. Please, please. I, I, I did have a meeting with Tommy Wiseau to be the producer of The Room and declined. It was at Norm's on Lincoln Boulevard. Years and years and years ago, I used to work with another B-movie producer who kind of sent me his way to have a meeting with him. And then I was talking to another obscure band at the time to try, who actually wore masks all the time uh, since the 1960s, the residents, to do their kind of unveiling documentary. But I didn't do both. I got sucked into reality TV and uh, here I am today. You know, why is reality TV so big? I'll assume, because like when you guys leave tonight, uh, to be, in full disclosure, as I'm uploading the episode, I will be watching the CBS show Big Brother. It's the uh, season debut tonight. And I'm embarrassed to say that, uh, you know, here, uh, the Showtime show I was on, yeah. the, the lead actress was Melissa Leo. She's won an Oscar, lasted two seasons. Big Brother is now in its 23rd season. Uh, what is, because you have a background somewhat in reality TV. Yeah. What is so appealing about it where they just keep pumping these shows out? Is it the cost? No, it's uh, people watch television to learn. I know it doesn't sound like it. And people are like, what are you learning from reality TV? You're actually learning to survive these weird, bizarre situations. So let's say, you know, you show up one day and your brother's, you know, your brothers decided to um, get a sex change and run away with your wife and they're going to be lesbians. Well, reality TV offers you that plot line to know how to get through that. You know, I mean, uh, you're, you're sleeping with um, uh, your wife's sister. Reality TV offers you a plot line to get through that. People learn from it. Um, they like the drama. Uh, you know, they like to see other people suffer and, and come out winning. Uh, I know every, I do. Every story... <laughs> I, every story that's produced in reality TV, there's, oh, you know, people always, we always make them look bad before we make them look good. Uh, you know, there's got to be, that's the arc. Um, a lot of the competition reality shows, I can tell you exactly how they're produced all the way from square one. Um, but that's, right. some, that's, a, that's, yeah, a that's long, another, uh, that's this a is a long story that I don't think anybody cares. Oh, they do. They do because, uh, they just, uh, it's such a fascinating, like I watch Vanderpump Rules, uh, which yeah. is like, I mean, I'm friends with most of the cast in full yeah. disclosure, so it's... it's. No, man, I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. The shows like uh, like uh, Real Housewives and The Kardashians, they are all to sell product. You're basically watching what replaced daytime television where, you know, Lucy would stop and say, you know, veggie meat vitamins. It right. just, it's just product placement, and it's a lot of vehicles to... Uh, get this done i mean the the plot of the kardashians is in the pilot episode where she's like uh kim is like my family is very dramatic so what are you going to see for 20 seasons uh kardashians fighting um you know people like to show their real life situations so okay. and sometimes you know you can throw in a a coca-cola or some makeup well i love like push the budget. especially on vanderpump rules like they'll have a meeting at uh, a, a lunch place on Melrose, and the first shot is always the name of the lunch. It's like, wow, this is free advertising for this place. Yeah, I mean, that's swapping out location fees. Sometimes the you know, the storyline for that particular character, she's going to start. She wants to open a restaurant, so this season we're going to have her open a restaurant. It may light on fire and burn down. You know, <laughs> um, who knows what's going to happen? There may be a fist fight. That could happen. You know. Well, I mean, I was an eater once on Hell's Kitchen. I just had, you know, my friend casted the show. He said, hey, come on down. You'll be the first table sat, so you'll get to eat. And the food was, uh, I, well, 
I don't want to ruin the plugs for your show, but it was effing disgusting. Uh, Did then you I started. The red team or the blue team? Uh, I ate uh, the blue team, and okay. it was like, I'm, and I watched the show. Uh, I didn't know anything about the cast at that time, and then I watched the sh show uh, or the whole season, and like, you know, they weren't even cooks. Like, <laughs> no wonder this guy's restaurants go out of business every uh, six months. So uh, it wasn't Master Chef Junior because th that was food is amazing. Well, I got a problem with that show, to be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, do you really have to exploit these 10 year old kids? Uh, like it's like, I mean, is it that cold of a business? Cause you've worked behind the camera a hundred times more than I have. Uh, I mean, is I'm going to tell you what I, I did a reel for a show where inmates would compete in uh -oh. a talent contest to win a warm meal for their cell block. I that was actually a, that was actually something that, and it had big name people. And I'm not going to mention who it is because I, I don't, I don't, I think that, the PC train would run them down. Uh oh, watch out! Down. But um, yeah, I I worked on a reel for that. There's there's just crazy stuff. I mean, look at the Swan. You have two women who feel like they're not attractive, who get uh, you know eighty thousand dollars worth of plastic surgery for free, no mirrors. The first time they get to see themselves is like decked out in a ball gown after their family sees them, and then you know they're they're asked to compete against each other to see who goes on the season finale to see who is the actual Swan of that season. I mean. Some reality TV is diabolical, but I mean, do people learn things from it? Yes. Oh, I mean, I always used to laugh on The Biggest Loser when they would have these. Uh, I wasn't laughing at the contestants. Like, it's great yeah. that they were trying to better their lives. But when you have 10, 400 pound people trying to navigate an obstacle course that an Olympic athlete couldn't navigate, I'm like, yeah. okay, this is too much. Uh, uh, but I. What the hell do I know? Uh, no, I mean, I mean, I mean, a lot of reality TV is putting people in situations that you know are impossible. I mean, Nailed It is the number one show on television, and it's great because you know they want them to make designer cakes in like a half an hour. But it's funny because you know the people going into it know that they're not going to be able to do it, but you know whoever did their best wins. And I mean, really, all in life that you that anybody wants to accomplish is is to be awarded for doing their best. I don't think you know, I don't think that it's bad to give give people a pat on the back or an award for like being the best at doing their best. Oh no. I mean, you know, it's, it's cool. And, and if you can kind of laugh at yourself and get through life, I mean, I'm not here to judge anybody. I'm just, I'm the guy over here making photos. So. Yeah. But, uh, well, I can't wait. So, uh, what's your social media in case people want to reach uh, out my to social you? media is, um, uh, bill underscore N as in in, uh, underscore LA. And uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. That, that oh, believe me, my fan base does not hit LinkedIn. Yeah, so nobody's, uh, nobody's coming to LinkedIn. Um, you and, better hit uh, the Instagram. Instagram. You can hit me on Instagram. You can hit me. I, I check the Plan P site. Uh, if you um, are looking to develop your show, there's a lot of contests out there that you can join. And I wish you all the best. <laughs> yeah who knows yeah who knows i mean the you next know. you know i always say there's a 17 year old kid with acne in his garage in ohio right now who is uh making the next instagram or i mean i, I remember when myspace was huge and you thought nothing's ever going to overtake this <laughs> nothing and then uh poor tom uh he didn't plan ahead and then uh facebook and it's like nothing's going to ever surpass facebook and then it was twitter and then well nothing's going to beat this and then instagram's probably now the hot uh Social media. TikTok. Exactly. I, What's TikTok? TikTok is the newest platform. It's the next thing. It's the next thing. It's there like you go. Instagram. It's basically Vine, but with like filters and like editing yeah. things. It's like. No, no, I'm, uh, I'm not. That's, that's not my life anymore. Uh, I did want to say really quick. Please, please. That, that uh, Vicki Hamilton has been a great friend. She's an awesome businesswoman, an amazing manager. Um, we have been working on getting this biopic. Um, a documentary about her life going. If uh, you think that women in the music business who have worked really hard and uh, have a great story um, and are looking to throw some money at a documentary of that nature, you can actually reach out to me. I might even put in a few bucks would, in on that. I would, I would love to see the story of Vicki Hamilton's life as uh, the queen of hair metal and uh yeah many other things uh really kind of 
make it to the screen because I think it's really inspiring for women in music and entertainment to see somebody who's kind of pressed on through all of the hardships and the glass ceilings that she's had to break through. So, well, it's such a uh... give me a call directly on my phone number. I know you can find it. I'm on IMDb Pro. I gave out my phone yeah, my number. Gonna ring in five seconds. Oh, please. Uh, don't, <laughs> don't encourage my fans to reach out to you. Uh, I mean, I love you guys. And the one girl who's probably listening. But, uh, it's going to be me. Well, I it's hope that. so. But you never know. <laughs> you know, maybe I'm in a cartoon and they say, hey, we need uh, an ethnic female. Uh, what is your ethnicity, if I can ask? Um, I'm mixed, uh, but I'm mixed with Japanese, Italian, Mexican, and Filipino. So if I'm ever in a cartoon that needs us for it's a whatever, uh, just above. a female voice. Just yeah. To, yeah. But I mean, really? you know, that's how things get made in this town. I mean, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, Vicky, I would love to cast that movie. Uh, <laughs> I, I could put on a blonde wig and play Cece. If, uh, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, guys, yeah. thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, you. Yeah. No, I mean, it's I'm all about promoting new ideas. And uh, I think people probably are sick of stand up talk and me getting the third guitar player from Cinderella on uh, to talk about the glory days of the 80s. But uh, please, Friday night is the uh, next show, and it's after that it's monthly, CIA Friday night. CIA Friday night. Which is North Hollywood. North Hollywood on Burbank and Lancashire. So please go if you're local or if you're coming into town for whatever reason. It, it's, and how long is the show? Uh, the show is uh, from 8 to 10 p.m., uh, the band goes on at 10. We have another small puppet show for people who just want to come out and see the band um, right before the band goes on. Um, you can make a whole night of it. You can come out for just the band and a small puppet show. Um, you can come out for the whole thing starting at 8 o'clock, and tickets are available at www.planp, as in puppet, from outerspace.com. And uh, it's, the parking's very easy. It's uh, CIA. I've done stand-up shows there. And, yeah, uh, parking's not too bad. It's street parking. Um, there's also, it's a block and a half from the red line. So if you're downtown and you want to take a walk on the wild side through the L.A. subway system, you can jump on that red line, you know, take your happiness into your own hands, get to North Hollywood, and see the show. Yeah, and there's things called Uber and Lyft, guys. It's yeah, well worth the money. Yeah. I mean, it's a very, uh, I mean, VIP seats are $42. That's nothing in this day and age. No, uh, you're a, a puppet show, a screening, a band, music, music a live pianist. I mean, the only thing we don't bodies. have, and some and three dead bodies. Hey, you know. And I might even tell some jokes in the lobby uh, just to clear the crowd out when uh, the venue wants to shut down. Uh, But uh, thank you guys again, uh, all of you, and to Thomas, who's uh, you might notice you haven't heard Thomas's voice. Uh, He ducked out because, frankly, uh, I didn't have a parking space for him, so he had to hit a meter. (laughs) I I don't lie to my fans. uh, So inappropriate. Or we're back. uh, You know, next week. Uh, Who knows who we'll have? uh, But uh, it'll be someone good. And uh, leave a review. For this podcast, it takes 30 seconds. Just go on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. Even if you don't like the show, just put it. I just want the review. Uh, and I won't leave, uh, I won't take down the bad review because I'm, a, well, actually, you can on Apple Podcasts, so it's not up to me. But uh, go see Friday, uh, Plan P from Outer Space, CIA, North Hollywood. Support my friends. I support your projects. It's how the world works. And who knows? Maybe one day you'll be sitting at a table read with Bill. Pitching your uh, idea uh, for the Food Network or uh, maybe uh, finding Vince Neal for Motley Crue. Uh, believe me, you won't have to look far for him. Uh, he's uh, rolling down the Sunset Strip right now, I think. So uh, I love you guys, and we'll see you next week.